All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to the roundtable. I'm here with Jeff Dodge, and uh, we had some plans that got kind of shifted around with, uh, we were going to have Jake on and talk to First Corinthians, but some of our equipment is not ready or it's in use. And so here we are. Um, and we've got a, the topic today um, that we're talking about. And, and one of the points of the roundtable is just simply to uh, let you join in on our conversations and things we're processing and to join our little roundtable as we just process what's going on and, and fighting isolation during this time. And, and so uh, the topic this morning, I was thinking about this, Jeff, First Corinthians, our text from last week about hope. Mm. The Apostle Paul is so hopeful for this church that's so mm. dysfunctional, discouraging. There were so many opportunities for discouragement, and yet he starts with this just effusive praise and encouragement for this church. And I just think that is what we need. Right oh, we need to keep hope alive in each other. And so that's our topic. And we're, this will be a little bit of a shorter roundtable. Um, but I just want to just speak encouragement, I mean, yeah. to each other and then to yeah. whoever might be listening. So I guess the question for you is, what is keeping hope alive in you yeah. right now? Yeah. Some of it, honestly, has come from some really ancient voices. Um so I've been um, reading a book about the book of Jeremiah that Eugene Peterson uh, wrote. And then as I'm doing that, I'm just reading Jeremiah at the same time. And um, I've actually found it, even though those of you that have read through Jeremiah, it can be a pretty dark <laughs> book. You know? But along the way, I'm finding these little like cool reminders. So one of those that I found um, a couple of days ago, I think it was, um, in chapter six, where he says, this is what the Lord says, stand by the roadways and look, ask about the ancient paths, which is the way to what is good, and then take it and find rest for, your soul, for yourselves. And then he puts in the commentary, but they protested, we won't, you know, but, but I was just hit pause and was praying through like, yeah, God, these times that we're in seem like brand new things coming at us and unprecedented times and new curveballs getting thrown at us. Actually, though, what I need to do is ask for the ancient paths. You know what I mean? Like, mm. these are the moments we need to hear the oldest voices, the ones that, God, you have given us. And guide us with your truth. You know what I mean? Because we're, I just feel this pull to like, well, what's the, what are the latest graphs, statistics? Um, uh, you know what I mean? Re oh yeah. Predictions, whatever. What's, what's the latest, what's the latest information. And I felt like the Holy spirit was like, actually the most important thing you could ask for right now are the ancient paths. That's you know so I mean? funny, Jeff. Cause, cause news, you know, what's the news? Like, uh, the news is just what's new, right? It's the news. It's what's new for that day. And yeah. yeah. And the, yeah, the look to the ancient paths, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if one of my, this guy that I spent some time with, um, he, or in the late 90s, I'm, do you remember David, uh, the guy at uh, Christ Community that oh, kind of yeah. discipled yep. me? Yep. Um, he, he always said, you know, there was a mantra in the 60s that said, you know, don't trust anyone over 30. And, yeah. you know, he's like, 
but I say, you know, don't trust anyone under 300, you know, because <laughs> he was obsessed with those, yeah. those ancient paths, right. those ancient voices. Um, and so looking back and I, I guess what, what are those ancient voices saying right now? Yeah. Well, I, again, I, some of it I'm getting ready for VST and on the front end, the very first session that we do in the second term in a couple of weeks here is we're going through the uh, wisdom literature. And so that got me back in, you know, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. And I just love again, the end of Ecclesiastes. So this is a guy who's gone through it all, tried everything, tried every other path and to, to its kind of fullest extent, you know, and you get to the very last and he says, you know what? So remember your creator in the days of your youth, you know, like come back and remember you've been made. You're a created being. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. It says before the days of adversity come and your years approach when you'll say, I have no delight in them. But beyond these, my son, be warned. There's no end to the making of many books. Much study wears the body. When all has been heard, the conclusion matters this fear God, keep his commands because this is for all humanity. God will bring every act of judgment to judgment, including every hidden thing, whether good or evil. So even with, with VST, one of the things I, I sent out a thing to all the students that are in the school of theology and said, Hey, when we get back together in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about the textbooks and these other theologians who are making commentary on the Bible, but we're going to actually spend a pretty good chunk of time in our Bibles. So in your reading of everything you're having to do to prepare for those first couple of days of classes, spend a lot of time in the Bible. I, I guess I'm just saying like those, those voices just commending me. I, I was reading the Bible with a guy right out here at this picnic table. You saw us just reading through a passage of Bible. And I'm like, man, there's just wisdom being offered freely from the Lord. Come drink, take drink from this well. And, uh, so yeah, I'm was, I'm finding a new delight just in my Bible, daily Bible reading. Yeah, um, yeah. You know. There's there's something really meaningful as I jumped into your little men's group this morning uh, that Brian shared that the yeah. you're meeting with. You know, he's a he's a military guy, a, a veteran, and has has done a lot of been in a lot of situations, very mm -hmm. stressful situations, and one of the things he was saying. Um, was you don't necessarily remember everything about the war or the situation you were in, the stress. He, he says, you, what you remember is how you felt and you remember how the people around you, like their countenance and how they, they, they felt. And he said, in those situations, what you're looking for is who's the peaceful person Yep. Who's the person of courage and peace Yep. That, that is just because there's a lot of chaos around me. And if you're panicking and, and frantic and what's the latest thing and how do we do this? And which we're obsessed with trying to make the right decision and figure this out. But really what you're looking for is the calm, collected totally. person totally. who's just. Um, you might not even, I think I love that because he said you might not even remember the exact decisions they made. But you remember how they made you feel. Yes. They made you right. feel secure. They made you feel hopeful. They made you feel like like there was purpose. Right. That's what you remember. You know what I mean? That and and it was kind of his call to all of us as leaders, you know, like yeah. Um because we're we, you know. Yeah, and I thought about the because when you said we're looking to the ancient path, we're looking to the ancient voices 
We're yeah. reading our Bibles and we want the Bible to answer yeah. what should I do with my kids? Should I send them to school? Should I keep them home for the online learning? Should I, you know, should I go to this place? If you're a University of Iowa student, should I go to this thing or go to that place? Or should I wear a mask, not wear a mask? Should I, you know, we're wanting these rulings on the exact thing we should do. Um, and I think what, what God is calling us to is to be a people of hope and peace and Man. grace and yes, in the midst yes of, totally and loving people that disagree with us, understanding people that disagree with us and just being so patient and kind in the way we interact with people. Um, yeah. Yes. And uh, I, I just think one way of a practical way of being hopeful and keeping hope alive is, is uh, I was, m one of my neighbors had a t-shirt on and it just, you know, it was, it was bashing, you know, uh, an elected leader, we'll say, <laughs> in our state. <laughs> and it said, this person is terrible at their job. They don't know what they're doing. It was like a slogan. And uh, I was like, oh, apparently you don't, you don't like that government leader. And they're like, they're terrible that, you know. And my, my just hopeful answer to that is, is just to say, these are complicated, difficult times, aren't they? I have, it's, it's really hard to be a leader during these times. Whether you're a leader of a, you know, a mom or a dad in a family, whether you're a coach, a superintendent, a teacher of a class, um, you, you know, in any kind of situation, uh, these are challenging times. And I think yeah. just that question, man, this is a hard time for everyone, isn't it? It's oh. kind of a, we're going to get through it's this. Disarming. It's disarming yeah. when you do that, because what we realize, you know, when, when Christians, I think, begin to overreach and feel like we know how every different sphere should be functioning according to our worldview. Well, that's actually, you know, pretty reductionistic and simplistic to think in those terms. And, you know, for me, it was Abraham Kuyper, but others have looked to the Bible and understood this truth that there are these spheres of influence. He actually coined that idea of sphere theology, but it's not new with him, right? It's as ancient as the Bible. But that idea that, man, if I was a university president, I'd, I'd be having to make these kind of decisions. If I was a cop, if I was an elected official, if I, whatever, uh, a school teacher, a parent, I, I wear these different hats, these different spheres, and you have to think differently based on the responsibilities that, that accompany that. And so for me, it's, it's freeing thinking about that, like, wow, I just want to pray for all those that are in those other spheres of influence, even other parents. I don't have little ones in elementary school right now, but man, I, I don't know what I'd do, but I know it'd be complicated and I know I'd be really, you know, kind of wringing my hands a little bit. So let me just pray for them and not be simplistic. Yeah. I'll tell you, uh, you should do. And, but for me, I've got to be thinking, okay, as a husband, as a yeah. father and grandfather, and just as a pastor, what does the church need to be doing? Right. right? And so it's yeah. just freeing to get, take the judgment hat off on how everybody else should be yeah. <laughs> just hiding yeah. and reacting. It's not my sphere. Let me just stay in, in my, in my I lane. I loved, and I love the email we got yesterday from oh. a guy that was just asking, he, um, I think he's got diabetes and, mm -hmm. and he was kind of asking about, Hey, at Veritas, you know, we're doing it outdoors and, 
Um, there weren't a lot of masks and I mean, people, a lot of people did, a lot of people didn't, uh, but he was just kind of asking about how we're processing that. But it was in such a gracious tone. Oh. I felt like it was so, I was encouraged to get a guy seeking to understand and like, hey, tell me, I just am curious how you came to this decision of, um, you know, not requiring masks for, for everyone. Um, mm -hmm. But it was just the tone of it was so gracious. And I thought, yeah. really modeled Christ in someone who probably disagrees with something, but. Totally. Uh, totally. We've got to, we've got to claim that higher ground right there. Just yeah. let, let the fruit of the spirit, let the, the virtue of Christ be known, whatever decision, because yeah. you're right back to your earlier point, we're not going to find a chapter and verse for most of the very specific issues yeah. that we're talking about. Um, but we can display Christ, display the fruit of the yeah. spirit and yeah. let it start there. Let that be our focus. What's, what are your thoughts on this? So I'm, I'm thinking about how this trial is preparing us for eternal glory. Yeah. You know, and I see, um, I see what this, uh, every, all the things that are happening, whether it's natural disasters, whether it's the, uh, the virus, whether it's um, the 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 unrest of of racism and, and those things, um, what it seems to be doing is taking a magnifying glass and yeah. putting it on our souls. Yeah. And man, if we struggled with a little bit of anxiety before, well, now it's just magnified. If we struggled with feeling disconnected relationally from people, and we like, who's our community? Now it's just. We really feel that. If we struggled in our marriage, now we're just, really, you know, every single, or on the other side, sometimes it, it's a beautiful thing when you start to see uh, someone with the gift of mercy. Maybe that's being magnified or servanthood. Like oh, it's yeah. just, it's, it's drawing out more clearly what's inside of us. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that scripture that you, yeah, from the message, yeah. Talk about that. It's it's that part of us that God is transforming yep. and wanting to magnify more of Jesus. I wonder if you could just read that. Yeah, for sure. It it's funny because uh a friend of mine just sent me this with no commentary, just sent me this uh passage. And immediately, of course, Mr. Bible guy here, I thought it was James one. It's not, it's a Romans five. <laughs> But it's from the message, and so, uh, it, you know, it's, it's eloquent, I think, in English. But anyway, let me just read it. It says, but that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence, knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance, and patient endurance will refine our character. And proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy. Because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. I just love that, that phraseology, yeah. the, the endless love of God cascading into our hearts, you know. So, but the only way to get that kind of stuff, the proven character, you know, the, the hope, um, it's in the trial of the pressures that we face. It's what you're talking about. It's, it's, we have to get squeezed, you know, we have to get kind of um, yeah. pressed in on by difficulty 
to see if that's the kind of stuff that's going to, to come out. And if it doesn't come out, to go back to the living vine to tap into that cascade of endless love and let that be the thing that flows out. You know, if we find that we're getting squeezed and something negative comes out, well, we know how to repent of that. We're Christians. We repent of that and we go back and say, oh, let me drink deeply of your virtue, of your love. So yeah. that that's what comes out, you know. I When I think about this topic of hope and how it draws out, actually, like, it's also causing us to groan just for the sons of God to be revealed. It's causing us to just long, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1, where he talks about, um, you, you know, as you eagerly wait for the revelation of our Lord Jesus mm -hmm. Christ, you know, in mm -hmm. the book of Revelation, the Bible ends with that, come Lord Jesus, that, that longing. Um, yeah. It always reminds us of our Zambian brothers, reminds <laughs> me. And just how the thing that struck me about those men and women is how much they talked about he, like how they thought about heaven so much. Yeah. Like they, yeah, they, um, like even when I was like, I don't remember if you, if you remember this, when we were going through Timothy and the, you were teaching the, all the students and, and it's the question about, okay, so what on this earth is going is, is so great that you're looking forward to kind of getting more of that in heaven or I don't even remember how the question was asked, but it's something like that. Like, like as Americans, we often talk about great experiences on earth and how heaven is going to continue to be like that. Mm. Like, Oh yeah. That time I went to that all inclusive resort. I'm just looking right. forward to how heaven is going to just be more of that. Right. Like we've had amazing experiences that kind of are a foretaste of that. Whereas they haven't had those. And so I remember asking, so, so what do you guys experience on this earth that you really makes you dream of heaven? And they're like, it was kind of silent. And they're like, no, heavens get, it better be totally different from this. <laughs> you we've never I mean? seen paradise. Right. We've, we've never, never yeah, they've never experienced even some of the uh, most beautiful things on earth that are in their backyards, like yeah. literally like 30 miles away, that they've never seen because they don't travel outside of their village. And so they're like, oh, like heaven is our only hope. Like it, it just, it sort of oh. confronted a lot of my... Just uh, I don't I don't even know what to what to say. Just the, well, this my is, comforts. It'd be a good time to. Uh, you should tell who that is, Mark. Oh, that is. <laughs> you guys, this this young man, Sivan. <laughs> oh, Marlon, one of our leaders. Uh, he told us earlier. He said. Um, he said, Mark, you're going to have an experience here in Zambia that's going to change your life. And it's going to be, there's going to be someone that God draws you to and, and it's going to wreck you yeah. and it's going to be with you for the rest of your life. And after I met Savan at one of the pastor lunches, I went up to Marlon. I said, Marlon, I had my experience and it's this young man, Savan, he's being taught with other these pastors there he is and 
Sivan lost his wife um, to, he doesn't know what she died of um, in, in Zambia. It's just like, they just got sick and they died, you know? Um, and he had two young children, one of whom he gave to his in-laws to take care of. And, and that child died um, under their care because they were using the money that he was giving them uh, for the child. They were using it for themselves. The child was not getting fed. So he, so the, the, the baby died, uh, which leaves him with one child. And, and his job, he, he is a, he makes bricks. Um, and it's probably, Jeff, have you seen those brick where they make those bricks? Oh yeah. I mean, it's just out in the field. It's wherever they, yeah. <laughs> it's a very primitive way to create bricks, but yeah. Oh, it's, it's incredibly hard. It's not like they have some manufacturing plant or something. You know what I mean? They, no, they are manually mixing the, yeah. every, uh, the clay and concrete and yeah. Yeah. And, and making these bricks. And then he also cuts grass with a, basically a, something like a machete or, you know, mm -hmm. um, all day and he gets, you know, I slashing. think slashing, they call slashing. it slashing. Yeah. yeah. Slashing grass. And he said that, I don't know how much he makes, um, in a day's work. I think he said five quacha or something. How much would that be in dollars? in dollars oh five quacha would that be would that be 50 cents or something oh yeah i mean right now i haven't checked the rate but yeah. it's falling okay. it would be it very little yeah less than a dollar and whatever but anyway savan the guy that that jeff just showed us on the screen uh well he let me know that he was he he met a a young woman erica and uh they're getting married and so they don't have any money for any kind of reception. So Veritas took an offering a few weeks ago uh, and we asked all the kids and everyone in Veritas to participate. And we said, the only rule on this offering is that you can't give any more than $1. And so, and we took this offering and they needed a uh, 5,165 Quacha, which is about $260. I think something like that in American dollars. And, and uh, for the chickens and for the oil and for all the, everything that would go into making this meal for the reception. So we took an offering at Veritas and we came up with $8.68 over what they needed. So $268.68. And so we took a, uh, so that was the picture of Sivan uh, receiving the offering and he's got the envelope in his hand uh, filled with quacha, 5,200 quacha for his, for his uh, wedding. So we're super excited. He's just smiling um, in there. And so we're, but, but that, that's the kind of stuff that just gives you perspective and hope. And, and I, you know, our, we're not in Zambia, right? So we, that's always the dilemma, you know, when you, first go to maybe a third world country and encounter that, then you come back with just Western mindset, guilt, just shame that we're not, but they don't hold us to that kind of a standard. They know that we live in a different world and a different life. And yeah. so, so for us, it's not, Oh man, I should live like a Zambian in 2020. Right. In Iowa. No, no, no. It's that I want to live with that same level of contentment. I want to live with that same level of hope. I want to live with that same level of generosity toward my neighbor that they have. Right. Yeah. So, 
it's the character qualities, the the lifestyle and the kind of homes we have. Don't don't get too preoccupied because that'll only bring shame and guilt. But what I do want to learn, yeah, is how can I just be so thrilled with any good gift that comes from yeah. my Father in heaven? You know what I mean? And yep. and have no expectation that the the heavens will open. I'll be constantly showered by those kind of things. Just yeah, live with gratitude for what God brings. You know. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's so good. That's good. so. What's keeping? What's keeping your hope alive right now? When? Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. Um, I. I Oh man, I mean, so many things. I think that God's word, I mean, as we're going through first Corinthians, I think yeah. my, our default is just to be negative, you know, right. oh, the schools are doing this or, oh, the government leaders are doing that or, oh, this is, you know, and, and I think just to, yeah, from first Corinthians last week, I just see Paul's hope for the Corinthian church. And there's going to be some real things he gets to. Uh, I got to be yeah. the good cop and you're going to be the bad yes. cop. This week. As it turns out this coming weekend. <laughs> so yeah, well, we'll see. But I, I just, I feel like that starting tone of, I have hope for you. And like Elizabeth Elliot, she was reflecting on the scripture that says, we're in Colossians 1 where Paul says, Christ, he's a, the, the mystery that was kept hidden for ages and generations. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Mm -hmm. And her statement was, your hope is Christ in you, not you in a different set of circumstances. Mm. And wow. I just think, yes, yes, I can be in Zambia and be making bricks and slashing grass all day and I can still have hope. Mm. And if I have a lifetime of slashing grass and making bricks, well, that's just going to make me more excited. Uh -huh. And when I step into heaven, I am just going to be, so, my experience of heaven is going to be so amazing. Dude. Um, or if I'm in a situation where, yeah, we're in a pandemic or we're in whatever it is that we're in, our hope is not getting out of these circumstances. Our hope is Christ in us. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I, I just practically, um, Jeff, I, I would love to make this a roundtable topic, but I came across Mike Rose, 12 pledges, Mark, Mike Rose, the, the dirty jobs guy. Mm -hmm. um, and he's got these 12 pledges. Um, and I gotta, I gotta find it real quick because actually I was, um, encouraged by one of the, I mean, they're all good that it's called the sweat pledge and sweat is an acrostic S W E A T. And, uh, you can find it. Um, he's got a little video that goes along with each of the pledges, but one of the pledges, um, pledge four, he says, pledge four says, I do not follow my passion. I bring it with me. Sorry. Uh, he said, I bring it with me. I believe that any job can be done with passion and enthusiasm. Mm. So I'll just read it again. I do not follow my passion. I bring it with me. I believe that any job can be done with passion and enthusiasm. Mm. 
And he tells the story of this guy, one of his first dirtiest jobs, dirty jobs episodes. And this guy from Wisconsin, he was a, he was a psychologist and he quit his job to basically, uh, I don't even know. He had like a, a big truck he called uh, the honey wagon or something. <laughs> it was filled with poop. And basically he would go and, and pump out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Other people's. Yeah. Whatever. They were, they, they were um, in a situation working for the city of one, uh, some city in Wisconsin and they actually needed to, to pump out their, their sewage container, whatever it was. It was just a big concrete, you know, thing filled with poop and they pumped out as much as they could, but then there was some hard stuff that they had to get inside and shovel out. And he's got a mask on, they've got gloves and micro is like, looks at him. He's like, what? He, he, he said, do you ever get used to this smell? And the guy said, this is the smell of money. <laughs> and then and then my girl's like why did you leave being a psychologist having a nice job like that for this and the guy he just without pause he said i was tired of dealing with other people's crap <laughs> and that's the whole that's the whole point here under this is just you don't follow your passion you know he's saying bring it with you and so anyway there's there's 12 pledges like that that would be fun to talk about sometime but actually that is kind of a funny place where i've found some hope on yeah what we can expect our circumstances to change and uh we just have to bring our hope bring our passion into whatever it is and when people bump into us whether it's in the marketplace or when we're gathering Veritas uh, for worship, let it be that they walk away, you know, kind of segueing all the way back to what you were saying Brian had brought, that they might not remember the decisions we made or the exact sermon we preached or whatever, but that they just kept bumping up against somebody that embodied hope and joy. Not in a uh, shallow way that we're not aware of the difficulties and the darkness around us, but that it, it our joy, like over what we get cascaded by that love, you know, that Romans five, we get cascaded by the love of Christ. And somehow that's what is we're known for. You know what I mean? That's, that's what I want. I want to acknowledge pain, suffering. It's all very real. It's palpable all around us, but man, may people walk away from an encounter with us with hope being stirred yeah. and joy being stirred, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we're going to, shorten today's roundtable a little bit and um just want to yeah hope that people um are finding encouragement and keeping hope alive i mean that word encourage to inject courage into somebody and to to keep hope alive during these times so um yeah wherever you're at whatever you're you know if you're listening or watching um i hope that you find that encouragement today and uh, i've got a lot of construction going on around me that's all the noise so it's <laughs> we'll we'll put this round table out of its misery uh and uh end here but jeff's good talking to you and uh hope you guys have a great week and uh, we'll see you next time